Bite left and say, yes, you can. I mean, get in their face. <laughs> I get a kick out because some of you wouldn't do what I asked you to do if Jesus Christ himself came and said, sit down, sit down. I, I, I just, I, I, God has been doing a work in me. And if you think I've been a jerk the first 10 or 11 years here, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay. I want you to hear this. I want you to understand. I'm done with excuses. You know, I'm done with those who basically show up and do nothing. Not those who work here. Those who work here, you need to have responsibilities outside of your work. Amen? Every person here who names the name of Christ needs a responsibility here. If you ain't got no responsibility, I want you to understand something. You've missed something. The reason people get burnt out in church is because 80% of the people do nothing. Okay? I love you. But you ain't growing if you don't do nothing. Amen? Are you with me? Are you with me? Do you still love me? It's okay if you don't, but, you know, that's between you and the Lord. Second, I am so tired of the same faces every Sunday. I love you with all my heart. You're a bunch of pretty people. But, folks, there's a lost and dying and helpless and hopeless world out there. And let me be honest. We got no intention when we walk out of here to actually tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. Some of you are like, some of you are like, some of you are like, well, that's what we've done for 50 years. Now, I want to know who this week, my hand up first, who is going to prayerfully leave this place and tell. Not a person that goes to another church. They could be stone cold heathens too, but that's not who we're going after. I'm going to go to somebody on my block, somebody I work with, somebody in my neighborhood. I already said that, didn't I? Somebody around me, one of my family. I'm going to tell somebody about the love and grace of Jesus Christ this week, that is a stone-cold heathen sinner. Now, you better, you better understand this. I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to remember who said it. Not really, but you hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Guys, when we come to church, I love y'all, but we shouldn't be saying, oh, I hope I see Tori. No. We should be saying, Not a good thing to sit there, baby. (laughs) We should all be saying, I wonder if a sinner's coming. I wonder if a newborn saint's coming. You know, what if I, I want to be out there, I want to be ready so that if somebody who needs the love and grace of Jesus Christ or needs the healing grace of Jesus Christ or need to get their spiritual act together, I want to be ready for that, man. I want to see that. I want my kids and grandkids to see that. 
You know? And if they come, I want them to see them at the altar. If they're not at the altar, this week I'm going to tell them. I'm going to open the word, John 3, 16. I'm going to tell them how much God loves them. You know? It's time to quit talking. Amen? I mean, seriously, if we're not going to do this, what are we doing? We're running a religious organization. I hate religious organizations. You need to understand this. Religious organizations get stale and stagnant and ugly. I grew up in one. I did. It was the nastiest. They were all saved, sanctified, and gone to heaven. But that was the nastiest group of people I ever met in my life. I'm serious. They were mean to each other. They said stuff, stuff to teach uh, about each other and to each other that the devil wouldn't. The devil would be embarrassed to say. I'm serious. I'm serious. And you know what? If we don't start winning the lost, that's what's going to happen here. It won't happen as long as I'm here because I'm like that. You ever, what's that thing called? Did you bop the heads of the frog when it comes up? Because I won't have it. you gotta, you got to understand what drives me, and people don't understand. What drives me, I grew up in that ugliness. And I said, I ain't never going to have that. Never. No, my kid, my grandkid, they ain't never going to see that kind of trash. Where I see gossip, I stop it. Where I see ugliness, I stop it. Where I see negativity, I stop it. Because I want your kids and your grandkids to be able to come here and know there's something extraordinarily and miraculously different in those people. Yeah, that's what it's all about to me, guys. Are you with me? You know, so very, very, very important. Let me tell you about next week. Betsy did a bad thing. Betsy bought me a book. By her old pastor, by named Jim Sabala, little church up there in Brooklyn. And it inspired me. But it also helped me to realize there's something wrong in the psyche of our church. I, I'm sure not everybody that goes to Brooklyn Tabernacle becomes this. But it was about these people who go from absolute hedonism and and, and poverty, and nothingness, and homelessness, to ministry. Bet you, you got to read that book. I'm sorry, guys. Sitting in church is nothing. You know what I always say about that? Even the devil goes to church, you know, and he wears a suit and ties. There's only a few suits around here. The dude ties. Lots of times the the devil's even on the board. Amen? Going to church, that doesn't mean anything. Let me help you with something. God has something extraordinary and miraculous with your name in it, and you will never explode very positively in a spiritual way until you get there. 
And it ain't nobody else's responsibility to tell you who that is or help it to happen in your life. God's Holy Spirit will help. Because you see, if I do it for you, you'll never do it. Are you listening to me? That's next week. You think this week's going to be great. You wait till next week. <laughs> you know, no, we ain't, never, we ain't even gotten to this week yet. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. I want you to hear this. Everybody listening? No, you do not have to give in to temptation. I am so tired. I am so, 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 so. Can you tell? I'm so tired of the church telling everybody that, well, you know, temptation's hard. And, and, and the devil's going to get you. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, then why in the world, if there ain't nothing you can do about it, why did Jesus go to the cross and rise again and send his Holy Spirit? Amen. Yeah. Let me say it again. Well, if there ain't nothing you can do about it, then why did Jesus go to the cross, rise again, and send his Holy Spirit? Amen. I am so tired of this. I am so tired of these human theologies that, well, everybody sins. There ain't nothing you could do about it. You know, shumbalahala, you know. You might, I, I really believe we get to the point where we're like, well, we might as well be good at it. Stop. Stop. My Savior suffered and died on a cross to heal and save my life. How dare I leave and go say, you know what? Doesn't matter what I do. Are you with me? Anybody hear what I'm saying? You know? My, my Savior died, laid in the grave for three days. Three. And on the third day, he rose again. How dare I say sin's no big deal. There's nothing I could do. Even though Jesus rose from the grave, defeating hell, Satan, sin, and all its junk. Enough of this. I am so tired of this mealy mouth, half-baked, mediocre Christianity. I'm done. And you know what? I I don't even want people like that around me. If they want my influence, they got to decide to to, to get in there with me, man. Are you with me? I I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. Jesus Christ did not go through all of that. Live, die, rise again and send his Holy Spirit so that we could just leave this place and go, well... There's nothing I can do. The devil's so strong and I'm so weak. And Oh, and I I can't stand this word anymore. Well, we're all just broken. If somebody says broken in my presence again, I swear I'm going to throw up. I'm serious. Are we broken? Of course we're broken because of the sinful world we're born in and live in. But I am so tired of Jesus getting no credit. Amen? I am 
I'm so tired of Jesus not being exalted and lifted because all we do is, is focus on this garbage. When Jesus died and rose again, it said his Holy Spirit. Amen. We're studying discipleship. And I've de- defined my sermons as inspiration. And now I'm going to do teaching times so that you can really be trained to know how to, to take a, a, a stone-cold heathen into birth in Christ and, and really uh, uh, give them a foundation and a rooting and grounding and, and move on to maturity. And I, I'll do that too. I'm trying to figure this all out. It'll probably be a book and then a, a, a workbook. And, 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 and then my goal in life is not to build a big church. My goal in life is to make 1,000 discipleships and then I can croak. I'll be Simeon when Jesus came. Okay, I saw the Savior, now I can die. Once I make 1,000 uh, disciple makers, some of you don't like me that much, help me, help me make 1,000 and I'm out of here. <laughs> alright? I'd, I'd be alright. But, but you hear what I'm saying? That, that's the most important thing to me because that's what Jesus did. Jesus did... did can anybody show me the great church Jesus built? The big church Jesus built? Why do we focus on that trash? In fact, Jesus was afraid of the crowd because he knew what it brought. Anybody else see that? But we're all focused on discombobulation and dysfunction. I don't know why that, what that's about, but okay. That has nothing to do with my sermon. Today, I want you to hear me. I want you to understand. You... Do not have to yield to temptation. Oh, but pastor, I'm born in sin. I'm born in inherited depravity, to use a theological term. I'm born in selfishness. And we all know that's true because I got three grandchildren. And them babies know one person, themselves. That's just, that's just who they are, okay? But I got a prayer warrior coming up. You need something prayed for? Tell Brown. My man will pray for you. I like that. Amen? Amen. I can't imagine what Elijah's going to do. Oh boy, them Baal worshipers. <laughs> but I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. Jesus knew that we were, as a result of our original parents, Adam and Eve, back in Genesis chapter 3, We are a result. We are born in. The the sin of Adam and Eve has spread to us all. So if you're writing anything down, Genesis 3 is that original dynamic. Genesis 5, 12 talks about the fact that because of the sin of one, it spread to everybody. But then because of the life or what Jesus Christ did, We're all set free from that. The end of that, verse 21 says, Where sin abound, grace abound all the more. I said again because half I missed it. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Amen? So why do we sit around talking about being broken all the time? Because we like making excuses. We like weakness. Because if everybody else is weak, it's okay if I'm weak. It's okay if everybody else is sinning and selfish, it's okay if I'm sinning and selfish. We can even do that in church if we're not careful. Amen? Amen. I want you to hear this. 
Genesis, I mean, Matthew chapter 4. I want to start with verse 1. It says, then Jesus, okay, remember, he was just baptized by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit came down on him. All right, remember that? Holy Spirit, well done, my good and faithful son, you know. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, Verse 1, this is kind of queer to me. Because we think, oh God, keep us from temptation. Keep us from that testing, don't we? You know, I like the, the lazy, easy route. Amen? But Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Isn't that kind of weird? Huh? I want to be led by the Holy Spirit away from that testing. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit away from that that temptation. You know what, kids? Sometimes it's time to get your feet planted, get your eyes focused, and deal. I'm afraid. Sometimes it's time to get your feet planted, your mind set, your heart set, your soul set, and deal whatever with whatever needs to be dealt with. Amen. I'm letting you think about that for a second. Churches become wimpy. Churches become a place of of easy. We like shortcuts. Give me a shortcut. Don't make me do no work. Give me a shortcut. You know, give me a shortcut to get what I want when I want it without. I don't want to. Don't don't tell me I got to do any work. Don't tell me about this testing stuff. Just just get me there. Just transport me. Folks. If there's something going on in your mind that doesn't, doesn't belong there, it's sometimes it's time to say, okay, God, we're going to face this down and we're going to win. Amen. If there's something in your heart that does not belong, it's destroying your life, it's messing with your spiritual life, you know it's, it's something that's disturbing your relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's time to say, okay, time out. I'm getting set. I'm filling my, 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 my mind with the word. I'm getting my heart set. I'm getting my mind set. I'm going to face this down by the power of God, and I'm going to win. Amen. He knew that Adam and Eve had made a mess for us. But he also knew that he came To help us to deal with the mess. So the first thing God led him to do was deal with the same temptation and more than Adam and Eve, our original parents, did. And let me go to the end of the story. He won. Why do we leave this place? Oh, well, there's nothing we can do. Enough of that trash. You can win. You can win. Oh, but it's hard. Oh, hush. Anything good's hard. Anything worthwhile's hard. 
And, and God's not making a bunch of wimpy sissies. I could, I could stand here and say, you know what, God, I want 26-inch biceps again. I don't know whether these muscles will ever be 26 inches again. But I could promise you this. The only way that's ever going to happen is by the power of God to get to that gym and do a little pumping. Amen? And he ain't going to just, I get me some balloons put under my coat. But the reality is that's not how he works. And that's not how he works in your life either. He gives you the power. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how much you like it. I like sin. There are things I know I'll not be doing. I like it. In that movie about Stonewall Jackson... Uh, he asked somebody, uh, uh, do you smoke or chew tobacco? And the guy said, no. He said, me neither. Found out I liked it too much. You see, we need to admit that. But we also need to admit that it's something that does not please God. And if it does not please God, then it does not belong in my life. And God has given me the grace by his cross and resurrection and, his, and the power of his Holy Spirit to deal with it. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Christians, we need to become Christians. Amen? After, um, led by the devil to be tempted, and after he had fasted 40 days and nights, <laughs> now here's, here's the statement of the year. He became hungry. You think? You know? The tempter. The same tempter, the same snake, the same thing that came after Adam and Eve did the same thing initially that he did to Adam and Eve, and it's the same thing he will do for you. And he said to him, If... In Genesis 3, he said, did God really say? Kids, it's time to learn to stand and quit being confused about everything. Oh, I just don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do know. Look at yourself and go, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh, you do know. You do know the things you're not supposed to be doing. Oh, but I'm confused. No, you're not. Ain't no if. You know you like if. Because if or did God say leaves you off the hook. Are you with me? We like this stuff. We don't want to hear this stuff about, I know. We like if. Or we like, did God say. Then we can kind of do whatever we want. But we're confused. No, you're not. You want to be confused. You want to not know. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. 
Jesus answered him. Now, look, look at what he did. You gotta understand, in, in the other two temptations, what he did was he twists the word of God to tempt him. This one, he just goes right after what? His immediate need. The dude hadn't eaten in 40 days and nights. I'd be hungry too. In fact, I'd be dead. You know? Kids, you don't think Satan's going to tempt you in things he kind of knows aren't really alluring and a desire in your mind and heart, do you? I mean, if you're hungry, what do you think he's going to tempt you with? Lots of times he tempts us with food when we ain't hungry. But you hear what I'm saying, you know? But the bottom line is, I want you to hear this. This is how he works. But I don't want you to be lost in this. Turn with me. Keep your finger in there. Turn over to James chapter 1. This is, this is so revealing. And I don't like this past scripture. I think we need to take it out. Because this, 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 this isn't nice to me. You know, this doesn't tell me what I want to hear. I want the Flip Wilson method. If you're old like me, does anybody remember the Flip Wilson method of this? The devil made me do it. Nah, 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 nah. We do that all the time. Well, the devil's attacking me. Mm, Okay. The devil is attacking, but he ain't just attacking you. Listen to what he's attacking. Blessed is verse 12 of chapter 1, James 1. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say he is tempted, that I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Now, there's, there's a lot of theology there that I'd love to unpack, but I don't have an out. But you hear what it says, all right? But each one, now listen to it. Everybody listening? But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to have a board meeting. I'd like that passage of Scripture taken out of the Bible. You see, I want to say it's the devil's fault. Amen? I want to say it's all the devil. Ain't nothing to mine. No, sir. I'm innocent, pure, good, holy, loving. Hallelujah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Amen? My Bible, I don't know about your Bible, my Bible says ain't nobody righteous, no, not one. We all got stuff. We all have desires that are contrary to the design and holiness of God. And you you got to understand, if, 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 if I got no problem with eating, then you got to understand something. Satan ain't attacking me on my eating. Amen? Satan is constantly looking for that desire or something in my life that he can attack me, that's going to work. Amen? So what do you need to do? 
Well, what you need to do is not stand there and look at that area. You need to get in there and deal with that area by the grace of God so that when he attacks, you're ready. Amen? Amen? So very important. And let me help you with something. We ain't confused about those areas. Oh, I'm confused. No, you're not. You know exactly what those areas are. You know exactly the areas and desires and passions in your life that do not belong in your life. You need to understand that. Well, pastor, you know, uh, it's, it's all about, you know, things I shouldn't do. No. Guys, sin is not just things you shouldn't do. Is everybody listening? There are things you're supposed to be doing. And a great temptation is to not do them. Amen? You, you need to understand. You were designed. You were created to do something that nobody else can actually do. We're going to hit that big next week. Because of Betsy's book. All her fault. Don't blame me. But you need to understand this. And here's the other thing you need to understand. If you were designed to do it, you're supposed to be doing it. Don't tell me about all these sinners in the world. If you ain't doing it, then you're just as much a sinner as all these people we call sinners. Amen? Please hear me. You were designed to do something. You know, we talk about people living together, living in sin. You need to hear this. If you ain't doing God's will, you're living in sin. Amen? Man, that old preacher used to call that going from preaching to meddling. But it's true. Then let's read the end of that, verse 15. Then when lust has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. I love what it says in the next verse. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother. Back in chapter 4 of Matthew. Back in chapter 4 of Matthew. Then the devil, uh, Jesus answered him with the word of God. Man shall not live, out of Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone. I I don't have time to really get into all of this. The next one, the devil took him up into the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge concerning you uh, on their hands. They will bear you up, lest you strike your foot. Notice what he did. The devil used the word of God to tempt the Son of God. That's some bold stuff. Like he doesn't know the word of God. He wrote it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to understand something. We should never be playing chicken with God. Amen? You don't play games with God. 
You know, you know where I've thought about this this week. You know where I see this happening? I think there's a lot of people doing things. They call it God, and they ain't got no whether they got no idea whether it's God or not. I've done it in this church. I said God says to do this. I don't know whether it's God, but we got to do something. Friends, that's sin. I'm calling myself a sinner. Bottom line is, we need to stay on our knees. We need to stay in the Word. We need to pray until we know what God wants. Not go up and jump off a roof and say, now God, catch me. Because just between me and you, that may not work. I've done it. It hurts. I've tried to walk on water. Ain't y'all ever tried to walk on water? Is anybody else here cuckoo? I've gone, I've gone, okay, God, just, just a couple of steps. Plurplunk, you know, just doesn't work, you know, unless it's his will, you know. But, but understand, you don't play games with God. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one. I'm going to go to the next one. And again, he took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world and all their glory. And he said to him, All these will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Look at the person next to you and tell them, Satan ain't God's squad. Satan doesn't have anything. He doesn't know nothing. (laughs) Please hear what I'm saying. Satan can't give you anything. And yet, isn't it amazing? He offers us the world. If you do what I want and worship me, I'll give you. You need to stop it right there and say, but you ain't got nothing. You know, you do what I want and I'll give you this. I'll give you whatever. Dude, you don't own anything or anyone Unless I give it to you. Y'all getting that last part? Get that last part. Because he can offer us the world. He doesn't have anything. But if we decide to go down his path, we've just given him us. can't take us, but we've just given him us. There's a lot of good church people that live in a state of giving to Satan. Because they've never actually decided to overcome temptation, stand up to him, and win. Are you with me? So very, very, very important. So very, very, very important. If you want to call Joe. Last part here. Jesus said, look to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God and serve him. You, and I will serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and began to minister to him. 
I got another couple of weeks I could talk about this, but I don't have time this morning. Listen to me for a second. If Jesus Christ says you can overcome temptation, and he does, you can overcome temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Are you listening to me? You gotta listen to this. Says, God will never, ever, ever lay anything on you that you can't get out from under. In other words, he will never allow a temptation in your life that you can't overcome. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says that we can take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? There is nothing that comes at you that the power of the cross and the resurrection through the person of God's Holy Spirit can't help you overcome. There's two sides to that. There are things that we're allured to or lured to or or feel passion for that, that we shouldn't be doing. And the bottom line is Jesus Christ can give us the power to say no. There's the other side of this, and I'm telling you, the church has been remiss at this. You're supposed to be doing something. And it ain't up the preacher to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. You and God got to figure out what that is, and it ain't up the preacher to do it for you. Are you with me? Right? Ain't up to some dumb committee to do it either. Here come the kids. But I want you to hear this. He also will give you the ability to overcome the temptation Not to do it. The greatest temptation I think in Christendom is to show up in church and do nothing. We've dumbed it all down to where that's okay. We've dumbed it all down to where I'm good. We've dumbed it all down. I go to church, I'm basically a good person, so I'm good. I'm in. I want you to understand. That, are you listening? That is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Folks, if you're not doing the will of God, I don't care how many times you're in church, you're missing it. You're missing it. I cannot tell you what it is, but I can promise you this. I can teach you how to get there. I can teach you how to get there. And the bottom line is God's got a plan for you. It's an awesome plan. It's to do something that's absolutely impossible. Doesn't that sound weird? But let me help you with something. If it ain't impossible, it ain't of God. Because if it ain't impossible, then the bottom line is, why you need God? Amen? Amen? I have people tell me, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. Good. They're like, you're a whack job. Thank you. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? We were talking about it in prayer meeting this morning. Man, do you realize that baby in Betsy's arms right now, about six months ago, she told us there was something wrong with his kidneys. That something came up on the scan. It was bad. It was dangerous. Next time, we we anointed her. We prayed for her. We prayed for that baby. The next time she went to that doctor, that baby was just fine. Don't tell me that wasn't a miracle. Six, seven months, six, seven years ago, this school 
had a bunch of people walk out. And the bottom line is they tried to destroy the place. They tried to malign the place. And the bottom line is God rebuilt it from 40 kids to about 175, 80 kids. We have a tremendous stand. Don't tell me God doesn't do miracles. I am so tired of the mediocre, mully-grubbing church. I don't even know what mully-grubbing means, but I like the word. Amen? Don't tell me that stuff, folks. Don't tell me you can't. You can. Oh, but I've messed up a lot. I have messed up just as many times and more than you. Paul called himself, he's a pretty good guy. He's pretty well known, pretty popular preacher. Paul called himself the chiefest of sinners. Don't tell me how much you sin. Are you with me? You know? Don't tell me you can't. But here's the great temptation to sit in church and never do the will of God. We need to figure this out. We're going to talk about it next week. God's got something so extraordinary, so fantabulous, like that word too, for you. Amen? For you. Don't be distracted. Don't be stopped. Conquer the temptation for nothing. And do the almighty will of God. And not the garbage Satan wants you to do. You can overcome temptation. Amen?